If you've ever wondered what level setting is and how DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion can do to change your life and the lives of the people around you, you are going to absolutely love this episode. This is the Your Business Story podcast, and I am your host, Kristen Spencer. Let's do this. She's on a business writing mission To make sure you know what words to say So that what you deserve is what you'll get paid Because storytelling changes everything Get pumped for the epic knowledge in today's episode of Your Business Story This is episode 44 of season 1 Level Setting and Strategy for Better DE&I With Dr. Loran Starr Today, we have someone who is thinking about things differently, which always gets me super excited. Welcome to the show, Dr. Loran Starr. Thank you so much, Dr. Loran, for coming on. How are you today? Kristen, thanks for having me. I'm great. I'm great. And hello to all your listeners. All right. So what people don't know about you, if they haven't met you, is like, how would you answer that? I, I have like a thing that you know you gave me a bunch of words i know i know but there there's like so many things in here and i had one other guest where i was like this bio is maybe a tiny bit intimidating for me so if i read the whole thing right now it's probably not the best idea (laughs) (laughs) that's okay that's okay so i am a uh workplace inclusion and diversity psychologist um, i head up dei for a healthcare company in massachusetts um, i have well over 20 years of consulting in the dei space um, and i'll honestly say my niche my niche really is that evidence-based inclusion i'm a researcher at heart so I love it's, that. right and and i think in the workplace when we talk about be it DE&I or leadership or talent uh, acquisition, show me the metrics, right? It's always, for me, it's not show me the money, it's show me the metrics, (laughs) show me that this works. Um, And show me, right, show me the data that's gonna support my energy. And I think our employees are getting savvy with that. Yes, like prove it, right? And yes, they're like, prove this is going to work or right. I'm not going to that training unless I know what the outcomes are and show me that you're actually going to deliver those outcomes, which is good. I think uh, our employees are starting to hold us to the fire a little bit in leadership, which they should be doing. I love that. Yeah. And I can see that too. So and I feel like it's a little bit more fair because for me, right, like when I'm working with clients, they're like this. how is this a proven method? And they want to know, and I have to be able to tell them, right? Or I'm in big trouble. Mm -hmm. And I also make sure they can tell the people they're working with because then we're, otherwise we're in like a circle of trouble, which is not what I want. So you've been in DE&I since before it was popular. I'm like, right? (laughs) Yes. You know, I think, you know, when we talk about like my business story and how did I get to where I am today, um, I was really fortunate to be exposed to DE&I, we'll call it, right? Well before DE&I really was launched, um, I had 
a, an adopted brother who's Haiti. He's from Haitian. He's oh, from okay. he's, he's Haitian. Um, nice. We adopted him. We we brought him into our home uh, as a family when he was six months old um, and adopted him. It took us six years to adopt him. Um, and he is HIV positive. He has full-blown AIDS. He's seroconverted um, at that six-month time period. So, And he's 30 now and has kids. And, right, it's amazing what medicine has done. Yes. Uh, but I was first introduced, like, I grew up in a pretty white town. And I had one black friend in, two black friends in this white town. Look, I can even think of the two, the exact two. Exactly. Um, right. And that was it. Um, and then, you know, in comes my adopted brother, who is Haitian. He's very, very dark. Um, right. And as a family, we like that cultural understanding is we were clueless and we didn't this is where I'm going to date myself. We really didn't have the World Wide Web then. <laughs> I know. Shocker, right? No, it's okay. I remember. I remember when you had to go to the library That's if you wanted to know the something. The decimal system and That's find. right. Right. And microfiche. So, you know, my mom, who I give full credit to um, in the sense that, you know, she's like, well, he's Haitian. We're Irish and Scottish. She reached out to the Department of Social Services and said, is there anyone in his family that wants any type of connection with this child? And sure enough, his grandmother did. So oh. my mom reached out to the grandmother. And then from that, every other weekend, it was like this Haitian party in my backyard. <laughs> and it was awesome. That sounds right, like awesome. To the point that, yeah, like the the lines, the the cultural beauty, and you know, my my brother was raised up in that culture as well as being raised in the white. He used to say all the time, "So Lala, when do I turn white?" I'm like, "Dude, you don't." <laughs> like that's it. Like he wasn't, you know. Um, yeah, and so you know, I was I had that exposure there, and then I joined the military, so army trauma, yeah, army trauma medic. And they have in the army what I like to call forced inclusion. Um, mm. You have to rely on the people sitting around you, working around you, or you're dead. <laughs> right, literally. Yeah. Like, literally. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how else to say that, right? If you can't trust me to have your back, then let's not even engage here. Um, so, you know, I had that forced inclusion. Then coming out of the military and going into corporate was kind of like the wake up call. Okay. I was like, whoa, so the world doesn't function like that, right? So I was yeah. naive, I think, going into the workplace, um, especially being a woman entering the workplace in the early 90s. And I had other women saying, oh, you know, don't think you're going to climb here. There's a glass ceiling. And I'm, right, again, ambivalent towards, I'm like, I don't know what you mean by a glass ceiling. And just <laughs> right. watch me climb because I don't, I don't have that perspective um, and I don't let anything define me. So, I love that. You know, it, it's kind of that if you're facing a workplace culture that is not where you want to be, either change it or leave the company. Stop wasting your time. Right. Yes. I've heard that so many times. I have mm -hmm. so many good friends uh, in the DE&I space. And a lot of the, the work they do is helping people understand it's OK to leave a job. It's OK to leave a job. It yeah. really is. So, you know, I think, um, it, you know, that just reinforced my belief in inclusion first and foremost. Um, and then before you know it, you know, I had my own consulting firm and and it was my executive clients 
um, that I was doing some executive coaching with that con continually said, this is back in 2007, you're great with leadership, but you would so rock DE&I. And I'm going, what the, what the heck is DE? What is that? Doing what I'm doing without yeah. realizing that's right. And they're like, you really should be talking about diversity and inclusion. And I was like, oh, okay, then let's dive in there. And I jumped in with both feet, continued my education um, to really have that profound understanding, not just around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So audience, there are three different things. They need three different goals and metrics, and they need yes. three different strategic plans. They are not all the same thing. No. And that's why we need very different outcomes. We yeah. need all the letters. We don't, we can't put them under one letter. <laughs> we can't put them all under one letter, which is what I noticed organizations were doing. I'd go in and say, well, define what you mean by you want diversity. We want everyone here to get along. That That's not diversity. <laughs> Also, yeah. that's not super realistic. That's not super realistic. Yeah. Also. And, and that's not, you know, we want people to recognize the differences in each other. That's still not diversity. That's inclusion. I'm like, right. diversity is, you know, let, let's simplify it. Let's take some of the guesswork. Out. I use the language. Let's level set. I am always level setting. Let us I level that. so that we can, yeah. because all too often, we get in conversations, not just around diversity and inclusion. Right? We, I see this in leadership and collaboration where we don't level set and then we walk away from the table with different ideas as to what the deliverables are. That's so true. Can, okay. So I know everything you're saying, of course. Yes. Um, but for like our friends who maybe aren't as familiar with the corporate world, because we do have a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who listen to the show. Mm -hmm. What can you describe that like in a little bit more simplistic way? Like I know what a deliverable is like. Yeah, but even more important, because right as if you're an entrepreneur, I was an entrepreneur for 20 years. I absolutely get that your deliverables are what you're giving to your clients. Yes. Yeah. Um, or, or right. If you have, if you have a brick and mortar store, um, your deliverables are not just to your clients, but it's also to your employees. So to level set that, you know, when I would sit down and say, okay, so you want more diversity. What does that mean to you? And then let me level set diversity and, and I love this diversity is like a bag of Skittles when okay. you open that bag of Skittles and you dump those Skittles out and separate the colors by color you have diversity you've got you know so many yellow so many green so many purple so many orange so many red that's the, when you break them into their groups that's diversity that's it now the goal of diversity is to give you a different taste a different perspective hmm but you can't get that unless you have inclusion. So while you want diversity, I'm telling you what you need is inclusion. And inclusion is when we put all those Skittles back in the bag. We take three out. We pop them in our mouth and we have a whole new flavor. That's inclusion. When the right when you've got the lime, the orange and the cherry in your mouth, right? It, it's a whole new flavor. Right. It reminds me of Ratatouille. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Where he's like, you eat this by itself. You eat this by itself. Now eat it together. And Never. his brother's like, what? Oh, my gosh. I am so going to use that. Thank you. <laughs> yes. That is that is exactly what inclusion is. So once we level set, 
what your priorities are and how we're defining them, then we can build, you know, we can build programs or initiatives around that. And that level setting is a tool you should be using every day. And, you know, we want to improve, you know, client engagement. What exactly does that mean? Let's level set because what I think is client engagement will be very different than what you might think it is, Kristen. So let's level set that before right. we figure out what we're going to do with it. And let's yeah. understand why. Why is it important? You're having the DTR of what the goal is, right? You're yeah. like, <laughs> determine the relationship, friends. Like, what do you mean? Use specific yeah. words. Yeah. And 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 really, you know, uh, your audience get comfortable with really just using basic language. That's what I'm always saying, because, right? you know, I'm a copywriter and simple always converts better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Simple language. Um, and then from there, you can build upon that definition if you need to. If you right. need to. But, but you, normally, said. normally you don't even need to, right? You just, you, once yeah. you have it in simple language, everyone understands. Yes. And that's also part of equity, right? Where you have it so it's accessible to everyone. You have it so it's accessible to everyone. Yes, everybody understands where we're coming from. But equity is a little bit of a different beast in the corporate world. Okay. Um, and I like equity, Kristen, I really do. But I need more research to support the shift in paradigm between equity and equality in the workplace. All right. I'm interested. Both. I'm interested. Right. You can't have both. You equality, can't. That's everybody true. Everybody gets the same thing equity, you get what you need. Right. And I work with uh, kids. I work with third and fourth graders and they'll always be like, it's not fair. And in my head, I'm having this equity conversation every day because I'm like, of course, I need to spend more time with her because she has a reading mm -hmm. disability and you don't, which means I like to yeah. be equitable. I need to invest in her a little bit more because you're OK. You're excelling in this area. So it's yeah. not equal time. It's not equal time. So you can't really have equality and equity in the same place unless you level set, right? And you build parameters around that. Right. Which I'm finding in the workplace that we're not building those parameters around what exactly equity means. We love throwing out the equity word. We have equity. I'm like, what does that mean? Our employees get what they need. What does that mean? What do you mean? <laughs> well, what I mean by that is what initiatives do you have in place? What what are you doing to support marginalized employees? Right. The person who needs like, well, extra. Well, well you we, like, what do you mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you don't have equity, right? Which you probably have is equality. And that Right. We want equality. Everybody gets promoted that deserves to be promoted. Oh, wait. Or, yeah. Back up. Back up the truck where we want to. So, yeah. So I think um, I'm for equity. I think there's a bigger need here. Than right. Than just one word, which is a legal term, by the way. It's not even a workplace term. It's a legal term. Um, it, so I think. We need to build this. I'm I'm deep in research there because, Kristen, if I'm confused, I, I can that. only imagine. Right. No, it's confusing. It, like, that's why I'm like with my, you know, third and fourth graders. They're like, 
they are confused legitimately. And I can understand why. And me explaining it every week doesn't seem to be clicking. I would love for you to research and find a new way for me to explain it to them because that would be amazing. I will. I will try. I I haven't (laughs) been able to come up with anything. And every single diagram I've seen out there. Right. I don't know. Some of your listeners, I'm sure, have seen the fence where there's three people and the fence is so high and the tall kid has two boxes. The middle middle kid has no boxes. And then there's a child in a wheelchair and they're like equity or equality. Is they're all at the fence? Mm, Nope. Equality. They all have tickets to sit inside the ballgame. Right. Where they don't need boxes or anything. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. equity is that, you know, the, the one kid gives the box to the shorter kid. So now they can see over the fence. And then we build a ramp. And I'm like, nope, that's accessibility. Why are they still on the other side of the fence? Why? And that's what I like. <laughs> I wrote that in my book, actually. I was why? Like, why don't they have tickets to the game? Like, See, there's a bigger there's a bigger picture here. We shouldn't be focusing on this little thing. We should be raising the bar so that we get rid of because I find with equity we end up creating tokenism. Right? You're yeah. Because you're a woman uh, or you're a person of color. Um, you get into this education because you fit their minority bucket. Right. Instead of we're going to give you the tools that you need so that everyone has the same skills and then we can choose based on. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Right. A lot of the choices that are made for promoting people or like C-suite executives, Mm -hmm. they're political. They're not necessarily matrix uh, metrics based. And also, if we're being completely transparent, there's nepotism involved a lot of the time as well. Absolutely. Well, right. That's all about, but that's a skill set. Kristen, that right. Like as much as I go, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. That's a skill set. Influence is a skill set. Right. You want people on your executive committees having that influence. And in the same sense, you want them representative of your talent base. Which is tricky. (laughs) And I think I think often it becomes tricky because of skills. Which we can create initiatives to yes. help with. <laughs> right. And and not just right, and not just running a communication class for people of color. You run it for every we all have to talk to each other. Yes, so, true. Right? So we really, you know, and I think that's where equity starts to muddy the water a little bit. Um you know, I think we look at college tuition. I've got kids in college. My son's in college. He's a sophomore. I have twin girls. They're going to college next year. Uh, honestly, it, it is so expensive. It is crazy. Um, yeah. And, you know, I sit back and I'm like, well, where is all this tuition? Like, what is this paying for? A lot of it, right? The third biggest spending in colleges and universities are support services. It's called equity because it's no longer everybody can go to college where before you had to have a certain GPA and right. And you, and I get it because it's the socioeconomic difference. Yeah. So, so that's, that's like the fence again, right? So here we are up against the fence and instead of, right, what we're doing is we're giving poorer communities boxes to stand on so they can get into those colleges um, I have a better idea. 
How about we just elevate education all around? Oh, I would love that. That would be amazing. Doesn't that make sense? Like, let's, we're not fixing the problem. We're not. Well, and as someone who's trying to work within a school district that, honestly, I want to say, the word I want to say, should I say it? Just say it. They're they're crooked, right? Like, I believe there are bribes involved. Um, Hopefully I don't get any death threats for saying that because some other people already have. But uh, (laughs) how can we create a system for where students can succeed when there's backdoors and money and politicians and Mm -hmm. other things? other organizations overhaul and and the fact that we spend so little on education in this country is shameful i mean that's a whole that's a whole other show you and i could go on for hours the fact that we we pay our educators you know our educators are making just above that minimum wage mark for the hours they're putting in is disgusting um, even yeah. if that, because I know so many teachers don't, they're not honest about how much they're working because they're working way more. Way more. Yeah. I mean, I do have to credit, right? I I, I do have seven sister-in-laws that six of them are teachers or in the school system. So one is not. Um, but, but yeah, like <laughs> I sit back and I'm like, holy, holy, like this is they work what we're asking so our hard to do. Yeah. And then the political out, you know, the political lenses that then come into play. Dear Lord, I, I, I could not do it. You are the hero, not me. Like I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Well, I can, I can only do it in small pockets. So I don't feel like a hero. Like after last year, I was like, I'm only volunteering two days a week because mm-hmm. I was just like, I had compassion fatigue. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. So I believe it. Yeah, very yeah, true. I agree. Like that would be that would be the tickets to the ball game, right? Like to make sure that everyone is able, no matter what difficulties or talents they have, mm-hmm. to get the education that's going to serve them. Yeah, but we're in this. We're I don't know, man. We're we're in this right now social construct. That is extremely confusing, um, especially in education. Right, we go back to Bush's "No Child Gets Left Behind," built on the Texas education system, which at that time was the l- poorest, lowest-scoring education system in the country. Is what our education system is built on today. No child left behind, and what's 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 happening is your overachievers are excelling, and those that re- need a lot of support are getting support and the middle is getting lost. Well, and I think it depends. And that's another thing we could go on attention about is that it's different by state, right? So (laughs) like that's dramatic. Like we went from a California school district to a Pennsylvania school district and my kids are not in the district that I was describing. That's a totally different one. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things where I was just like, this is so dramatically different. And like the highs and the lows are polar opposite as well. Like this thing was wow. really great in California. This thing is horrible in Pennsylvania. But this part that was awful in California is amazing in Pennsylvania. So, I, yeah, yeah. I just I just think that there needs to be. Yeah. If you want equity in the workplace, we need social equity first. That's so true. Actually, I <laughs> yeah. think we need social equality. Right. Everybody should be getting the same education. Right. 
Yeah. And I've been doing so much, like, listening to research about disability lately, and that's a whole nother thing we could go down. But I do have friends that are like, I feel like this is the last thing on everyone's list, and I I can't disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Let's let's get into the questions, because we're having Hi. way too much fun too much talking fun. about these things together. <laughs> because we care. I can tell. You care. I care. We're just like, oh. All we're missing is a glass of wine. Yes, I know, but it's it's three o'clock here, so maybe in like another two hours, right? <laughs> well, it's five o'clock somewhere, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so what is the your like person, your client, the one that you can help? Like, are you still doing the executive coaching, or do you are you working within that company solely? So I am working within the company I'm with right now, but I also do some executive coaching on the outside. Okay. Um, and and I'm a doer, right? My coaching style, I don't know how much your audience knows about coaching, but I am a mentor. Co- I'm a hybrid mentor coach. Okay. Uh, meaning that I want results in three months or less. All right. Let's take a few seconds for our sponsor break because their business stories matter too. When people ask what you do as a professional... Do your palms and pits start to sweat? Do you break out in hives? Well, don't worry, we've got you covered. Today, you can take Literary Symmetry's complimentary 30-minute masterclass to help you craft your one big sentence so that next time you have 60 seconds to share your story, you know exactly what to say. Because your business story matters, sign up today at literarysymmetry.com forward slash pathway. And now back to our episode about an epic business owner just like you. Or I'm done. It's very like we're not. I ask the questions that are going to get me the information I need. And then we are strategically moving forward every call, um, which is a little bit different than some other coaches, um, because I approach it from the lens of I know what you need already. I love that. I actually that's yeah. my favorite kind of coach personally is like. Mm-hmm. They're just like, let's do it. Because that's how I feel. I'm like, I know the problem. Let's yeah. fix the problem. Or if we're not going to fix it, let's address it and take those first few steps we have to take. Yeah. So I often find my clients will, they, I, I seem to, I, I seem to go in cycles. My clients will go in cycles. They're like, I need you to work on this area. Okay. I'm good. I'll talk to you in six months. I'm like, absolutely. Here when you need me, you know, or, or this project's coming out and I need some strategic advice. I'm like, all right, let's just schedule a couple calls. And like, that's it. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because as you progress, you have a new set of problems that you never had to deal with before. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. They're like, okay, I'll just call you as the new problems come. That's perfect. Well, that right. Because you, you, we, right. If we're working on communication, you need time to digest everything and do everything that I just, you know, advised you to do. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Like implementation, right? Implementation, read these books, create this, do this. Yeah. So so, yeah. So, no, I work for this company, um, this healthcare company in Boston, full time. Love what I'm doing there. I head up their DE&I and we are just moving and shaking around inclusion and health equity. And it's amazing. It really is. That sounds amazing. All right. So you have two different types of clients, right? The people in your business, in your where yep. you're employed and then the coaching clients that you have mm-hmm. or mentor hybrid coaching clients yeah. that you have. 
And so what is the pain that they're in? Like, what is the thing that they want help with? And what do they think they need to solve it? Yeah. Usually they come in with an idea, right? Right. I always say that I'm like, whatever your pain point is, it's a symptom of something bigger. Yeah. So um, it, I, I tend to find that my uh, clients, really, it's strategy. It's like creating that strategic plan that's going to get things done. And a lot of times that's working in tandem with their ease, you know, with their executive suite or senior leadership. But it get going back in level setting. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? How are we going to measure it? Right. And then moving forward from there. So that's pretty much what I get tapped for quite a bit. Um, I don't get I, I'll be honest to your listener. I don't get tapped for communications that often because I'm pretty direct and to the point and, and people have issues with that. And that's OK. I'm not changing. So, yeah, I do have a friend who's like um, she helps people with their presentations. Mm-hmm. So it is communication and that's her personality. And sometimes like she'll, we have to talk after she's gotten a review where it's like 22 out of 23 people were like, amazing. And one person's like yeah. rude. I'm like, you're not rude. It's yeah. You're just direct. Right. That's direct. I, when I, so I do a lot of speaking. Um, and when I speak, I always give my audience permission not to like me. I'm like, look, at the end of the day, you're either going to love me or you're not. And, and that's, okay. that's okay. All I ask is that you listen, openly mm-hmm. listen. And if you walk out of here going, I really didn't like her, but something pings you in the next two weeks. Like she said that, that makes sense. Shoot me an email. Let me know. Right. And you're like sneakily in your head. You're like, that's I got you. Like, I helped you. I helped you. I helped um, you. Right. And sometimes it's in that moment. I mean, let's be honest. Chris and I talk about DE&I. It's not the most fun topic. Yeah, I can understand some people don't really feel the need to discuss it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. For, because we're all people. And we live together in the world. Right. We create that safe environment where we can openly share in breakouts or workout sessions. And then, you know, somebody will say something that I would consider a microaggression, like white speak or white cloning. And then, you know, I have to address that. Right. Right. I'm like, all right, so let's address what you just said and where is this coming from? I can, I can certainly understand why it's uncomfortable for the audience. And that's, okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Right. Yes. I won't go off on a tangent on that, but I was recording a whole video about that earlier, that if you want your business to grow, you need to be okay with that feeling because it's going to happen. Okay. Right. That, that I remember when I started out, I had to get okay with spend money to make money. Right. That's another one. Right. Because I was like, okay, like I've hung my shingle out. Where are all my clients? And Right. There's so much more to marketing than just saying that's what you're doing. Huh. Who knew? Uh, And you have to spend money to make money. And it seemed like the more money I output, the more money I brought in. It's I mean, you whether you're investing in marketing, which I'm all for that because I'm in marketing or you're investing in someone's help who has done what you want to do. Right. You're never going to get to that next level of growth if you're not willing to invest finances or resources. in time. Yep. And it's really important that you always have someone. I'm a huge component of coaching. I have a coach. 
um, that I work with, I've been working with a coach for as long as I can remember, it's important to have somebody that can balance you a little bit. Because let's be honest, Kristen, I'd be selling ice cream and wine out of the shop down the end of the street if I didn't have my coach to keep me out. I'd be like, oh, look, let's go sell wine now. She's like, squirrel, come back to me. Come back to me. I'm like, oh, okay. Can I sell wine? And, and no, no, there'll be no wine selling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I have to do that for my clients a bit too. I'm like, so we just worked for a year on your messaging. Let's not do a side business off of your normal business and dilute that. Right. But that's <laughs> what entrepreneurs do. We love to create, create, create. We do. Yeah. Um, Which is why it's great if you can get paid to help someone else create, because then you're staying in your lane and you yeah. still get to keep doing that. Maybe that's what I should be doing next, right? Just helping other people create businesses. And living vicariously through them as they create their, you know, Merlot ice cream. I don't know. Um, Which that's why I expanded my business and I added offer creation because I realized, oh, my offer that I have right now is really good. And then I got super sad because I realized I'm not going to be making any more offers. And that was like a ding. Uh, let's, let's add that and help other people do it. Let's help other people do that. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So... Enough about me and my business. We're talking about you and your business ah, story. It's all good. <laughs> so all what good. what solution or like approach, right? Because you, like you said, it's a progress. You're not just coming in and you're like, fix it all. And then like departing like, you know, a magical entity. Yeah, you can't fix it all at once, right? It's taking off those bite-sized chunks. It's having a strategy that's been proven to work. And, you know, the book I have out right now, Evidence-Based Inclusion, it's time to focus on the right needle, really talks about where we've been with diversity, how we've failed with diversity. We've been doing diversity in the workplace for 60 years. You'd never know it. True. And, and how it that has failed us. Um, and then how to create that inclusive organizational structure. And, and in, you know, three of the four of the chapters, I handhold and walk you through how to create that inclusive culture um, that's been tried, true and tested. And I've got data that supports that it works and right. Like it's measurable, like it's all right there. It's, it's, I'm like, here's how McDonald's makes their hamburger. Right here is right. Yeah, I'm giving you. Yeah, all let's secrets. let's just go there because I was going to ask about your book next. Anyway, like, yeah. how did you? Okay, first of all, you know, I write lots of books. That's my thing. I'm a ghostwriter, and I'm also a best-selling author. I write books. I know it's writing a beast, right? Like, how yeah. did you decide I'm going to write a book, and why this topic? Yeah. So this is what I do. DEI is what I do. Um, Evidence-based inclusion is kind of like my tagline, and that was given to me. So that wasn't me going, oh, like I had a client that was like, you are so evidence-based. This is awesome. So I was like, evidence-based inclusion, that could be a book. And that's kind of how the book came about. Plus, mm -hmm. I had a lot of research material from my dissertation. Um, okay. that I reuse. I'm a big fan of reusing material. Yes. Um, repurpose. Repurpose. So I had that as well. And I really, I really want, I level set D, E, and I. Like, let's remove all of this confusion. 
because we know, right? We know 92% of organizations, be them small businesses to large businesses, are focused on DEI, but yet only 13% of them actually have a strategic plan. And of that 13%, we know only two or three will succeed. Those numbers are super sad. Because nobody's clarified. Nobody. Right. And I sat back and I was like, you know what? I do have the best kept secret because I have the data. Like there's research studies that have been done on my design. And now I'm sitting back going, you know what? You can have it. Like I'm not selling. Right. Which I think is different for an author in one sense. Like I wrote this book to give you the tools and tips. I have a evidence-based web page that you can, you have to sign into it once um, right. Because of course I'm, I'm going to keep your information and, and then harass the hell out of you with newsletters. I don't help do you that. help you with news. Well, yeah, look at me. I'm like, I have newsletters. Amazing so. things. Yeah. Um, but on there are all, it's all, I open sourced all of my material. So why, why are you going to create a PowerPoint? It's right there. Right. Take that PowerPoint. And now I have people reaching out to me going, oh, do you have a PowerPoint on this? I'm like, I do. Here you go. Just change the colors and the fonts and the format so that, but here's, and it's all evidence-based. So that kind of was what had me launching this book. I was just, I'm like, let's just give it away. Like, you know, for a small fee, $29.99, you get this book, but it's going to walk you through everything. And I think the book is pretty funny. Cause I tend to be pretty funny. So you seem, you seem like a fun person. For yeah. Sure. You know, like there's no swears in it, which is good. There were, and then my editor took them out, but, but it's a pretty engaging. It is a very engaging book. That's what I'm getting for feedback. They're like, Holy moly. It's like sitting with you. And, and it's easy to read because it's, I, I simplified it. Right. Right. Let like me I, ask a, let me ask a question if it's engaging. So do you use a lot of stories in the book? I do. I use some stories, not a ton of stories. My reading style. So I have a learning disability. I'm severely dyslexic. So on okay. top of all this, I'm, I'm right an author. I've got several books out there as well. And right. um, so I do use stories, but not to the like, not extreme, like not. This is not a metaphor book like this. Is no. Like, and actually case information, but I don't, I don't drown in the detail. Like my editor was like, your book could be 600 pages long if you gave full case. And I'm like, I just can't do that. Well, this, that's not, that's not going to do what your goal is, right? No. And I've found books that I've read in the business section uh, or sector that our story after story after story. And I'm like, I just need the story that sounds like me and I'm good. So that's four pages of the book of value. That's not how I write. Right. So there are some yeah. stories in there, um, some anecdotes and stories. And yeah. 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 I love that. I love, I like balancing. I'm Even though I'm the storytelling lady, un- mm-hmm. unashamedly, I make sure that when I work with my authors, I'm like, we need practical application. Like yeah. if we don't have that, they are going to forget a lot of what you taught them. Oh yeah. How do we put this in place? How do we remember this? How do we, yes, absolutely. Um, so I like the stories for that. I know that I, I'm already working on my next book. Oh, nice. You've caught it. You have the bug. I, uh, I've had the bug for years, <laughs> it seems. Um, but my next book is going to be To Be or Not To Be, equity versus equality. 
Oh, so you are like legitimately so right now. in this so research. Okay. I'm deep in this research, um, which I love doing, right? It, it's that question. I tell my kids when I became, when, when I had my kids, a recurring theme was look at the world with the wonder of a five-year-old. Because when my son was five, it just seemed to, like he wanted to know about, you know, the Tatapalis who were having, you know, their celebration, um, Kwanzaa and right there, everybody's having their cele celebrations. And he was like, what is this? What? Oh, this is beautiful. I want to see this. I want to see that. So, you know, even now in my young age, right, it's the wonderful five-year-old. I want to know why, why, why? Well, it's the curiosity. That's been the unofficial theme of this entire season and this is the last episode of the season. And I can't believe you brought that out. You just that tied all so the episodes funny. together. Tied them all. Yeah, it's curiosity. Curiosity right. didn't kill the cat, my No, friend. it didn't. And every like high-level person I talk to is extremely curious. And my mm -hmm. friend Austra, who was on earlier, we did the recording for her episode today. She's like, curiosity kills judgment. And I was like, oh. Oh, I like that. That's so true, because when you're curious, you don't have time to be thinking about whether or not the thing they did is right according to what you say. You're just like, oh, that's interesting that you did that. Why did you do it? Why did you do it that Right. Why did you do it that way? And, yeah. you know, in the space that I'm in curiosity, it's so important. It's so important, you know, and, and asking those right questions. You know, what were you looking to gain? which often people have no idea. We're launching this program. What do you want to gain from this program? Well, we want, you know, retention. And that's not what you're going to gain from this. What do you want to be come more out specific, program? more, much more specific? Right. And I think a lot of so for me, honestly, I'm a professional question asker. That's why that. I'm good at my job, because I ask the questions to find out what do you do? What do your people need? How mm -hmm. can you help them with that? And so you're saying that if we could ask more questions in general, it would help us get the answers that we're actually looking for. It really would. It really would. I can't. I So many meetings I've gone into and. And like they just go round and round and round. And then I just go, so what are we trying to solve here? And <laughs> right. Right. And then it kind of brings it back. Well, we're trying to solve that. OK, so all that other stuff, let's table it and let's just solve this. Right. And all the things around this. Well, and I think a lot of it is like we, you know, I love words. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But we want to make we want to use words to seem a certain way as companies, as individuals. Mm -hmm. And that gets in the way of like actual clear communication and clear goal setting. It really does. It, re it really does. And I love words. Um, it, this is this is my sixth book out. I love words. Um, and. I have to say, I am. I write like I speak. It's direct. It's to the point. There's no need for a whole lot of fluff or words. I don't know what they mean. Right. Like, yeah, I'm I with want, you. I don't <laughs> want the dictionary. I don't want my readers um, or or anyone that I'm chatting with to have to go. Uh, hold on a second, Lauren. Let, let me just look that word up. 
And I, because I used to be a, I, I'm still certified as a copy editor, but I used to work as a copy editor and I would have authors tell me, well, on the Kindle, all they have to do is touch it and it'll bring up the definition. And I'm like, they're, they're exiting the flow when they do that. They are. Yeah. And what if they're reading a paperback? <laughs> because you're going to sell one of those too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anything to keep the flow. That's my, that's my whole goal. Keep the flow, keep it simple and really get down to the bare information where we, we spin so much, I think today, right? Everything's no, got it's true. a backstory or a political, you know, pivot, or it's like, just tell me what you need. Yes. <laughs> tell me what you, what are we here to solve? I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I do have, well, before I ask the one final question, which is really fun. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you best? Like if they need a coach and they're like, please, I need someone direct. Mm-hmm. I need someone like Dr. Loran who can tell me, hey, you're doing this. You should be doing this and ask me a bunch of questions. How can they get in touch with you? Really just go to my website. One stop shopping. Uh, go to okay. Dr. com. So just that D-R-L-A-U-R-A-N-S-T-A-R.com. Perfect. You got it there. Um just go there. You can buy the book from there, right? There's clicks to Amazon. Um, you can contact me, reach out to me from there. You'll learn a little bit more about me. One-stop shopping. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter and all of that. Yeah. yeah I love that. That's how we met. We're not 100% sure how we met, but we know we connected on LinkedIn, right? We did connect on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. So that awesome. happened. That's that's one of the things I love about LinkedIn. You just never know who you're connecting with. I love LinkedIn too. It's my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. All right. So now here's the question. Are you ready? I'm ready. So if someone, your person is listening right now, whether it's someone who's like a C-suite executive or someone who's like, I'm an employee and I would love more information about how I can level set myself and deal with my goals, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, What little nugget of wisdom would you give them? And if it's something that you already said before, feel free to say it again, because that's how important it is. Um, yeah. Be curious. I'm going to go back to that. Be curious. <laughs> yeah, I love right. that. Be curious uh, and, and journal. Like, write journal, but write it down. Don't type your journal. Write your journal. Uh, because, you know, it it activates the reticular activating system of the brain, which creates these file pathways. So which is curious. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I always I take notes. I took notes during our episode right now. (laughs) Right. Instead of typing it manually, write it down. But yeah, definitely be curious and go right ahead and journal. Because I'm I love that. So yeah, try if you haven't tried it, you should try it. I know a lot oh of people God. are like, I don't, I, I'm not a journaler. You should try. Everybody, if you want to build, right, and you know this, Christine, if you want to build self-awareness, which is critical in the workplace, you better be journaling. Yes. We actually talked a lot about self-awareness on the last episode. So you are tying it together I'm with a shiny bow, a nice friend. Bow Thank here. you. <laughs> yeah. And, and journaling, you can just ask four, like, four quick questions. What was the situation? How did you respond? What were the results of that response? And what would you do better next time? It should take you three minutes to journal. That's it. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. Okay. And then dive in deeper as you, right as needed. Right. 
on me. Once there you... are times when I'll sit back and I'm like, I, you know, the response was poor and I have no idea why. I might need to do a little, right? I need to be curious and dig a little bit more. But those four questions and out be done with it. So valuable. Thank you so much for showing up here with your wonderful, knowledgeable self. I can't wait to read your book. Um, and for all of the listeners, uh, yes, you should go get this book. I, I'm super excited about it. And I will geek out on the research as well. So thank awesome. you so much for being on. Uh, thank you for having me. This was so awesome, Kristen. I, I'm glad. And for all of you wonderful listeners who I love, I want to remind you that your business story matters. And until next season, bye. Thank you for listening to my mom's radical podcast. Cool face emoji. And if you want to be radical like my super awesome mom, then you should totes check out her impact accelerator. You just need to leave a review of this podcast and screenshot that baby and send it to impact at literarysymmetry.com. And like my mama always says, your business story matters. Hey, I don't sound like that. Let's do copy.